Welcome to a very special bonus episode of The Emily Show. I'm so excited to be celebrating the three-year anniversary of the podcast. Yes, I launched it in November. Who even does that anyway? I, I'm going to tell you that story. But the podcast launched officially on November 12th, 2019. Well, that's when the episodes were uploaded. We officially announced it to the world on November 13th. And I am so proud to share um, this podcast with you. I'm so proud of how it's grown. I can't wait to kind of do a look back and talk to you a little bit about the decision that went into starting The Emily Show, um, how, well, how the Get Legit Launch It podcast became The Emily Show, how we got to where we are now and where we're going in the future. World domination! Ah, anyway, we should just roll it. I can't wait to talk to you a little bit of the um, the Inside Podcast to celebrate three years of podcasting because truly, without the podcast, you wouldn't have found me on YouTube. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Everything that I am doing today, being a full-time content creator, all of it started with the Get Legit Launch It podcast in November 2019. So let's talk about that. I can't I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's We're going to have just a little story time. Let's have a kiki. All right, let's get going. Hey there. Welcome to The Emily Show. I'm your host, Emily D. Baker, badass lawyer and everyone's favorite legal commentator, breaking down the legal shit in the news and pop culture stories you want to talk about. I've been a licensed attorney for over 15 years. I'm a former prosecutor and I'm a big fan of the cursey words. So let's break it down. So when I look back to what I was doing in 2019, we need to back up just a little bit. I left the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office at the end of January, beginning of February 2017, after over 10 years as a DA. That was a very difficult decision to make. I talk about it kind of sporadically throughout my content. I talked about it in my TED Talk that I also gave in 2017. Talk about time for for, uh, contemplation, none. None. That was very much still in it, um, contemporaneous how I made the decision, because that was still very, very raw. And that's up on uh, the TEDx YouTube channel. I've linked it on my YouTube channel. But the decision to leave is kind of there. Once I left, I went into consulting and kind of narrowed it down into consulting with online business owners, because most of the time when I ran into people, they were like, I just need to ask these questions and I don't know who to ask. I'm like, I love answering questions. Literally now what I do for a profession, basically. I love answering questions. I'm happy to break it down. I love talking about the law in an accessible way and just helping people feel more confident. Like, oh, I understand what I'm supposed to do now. When you understand what you're supposed to do, what supposed to be doing as an online business owner, it makes life a lot easier as any business owner and me with anything. It's like, I just want people to tell me what to do all the time all the time. Like, can you please tell me what to eat for breakfast? Can you please just, I need a bagged lunch. Can you just tell me what to do? Tell me what to wear. Um, As I started traveling a lot this year and doing more TV um, and media appearances, like multiple documentaries and things, I was like, can somebody please just help me dress? I don't know what to wear. All of the things, just tell me what to do. So With that, it would allow me to kind of narrow down into my wheelhouse of telling people what to do with regard to law and online business. And I was answering the same questions over and over and over. 
At that time, I was still very active in multiple different uh, business masterminds. Most of my friends were entrepreneurial. All the circles I was running in were entrepreneurial circles. It was it was a blast. And I love the people I met, some of whom are still very good friends, uh, mentors and advisors to me today and have watched the entire journey from leaving the DA's office and uh, and friends that I met even before I left the DA's office, my my OG friends from the DA's office who have watched this journey. But in the business space, I was trying to find a way to not just distinguish myself, but also communicate with a broader audience than just my clients on a day-to-day and create more content. I should have realized that content creation was my favorite part of all of this sooner than I did. But you know, if I've learned anything from my life, that I am very slow at picking up on cues. And I am, this goes back to just tell me what to do, right? It's like, it's just easier if you just tell me what to do. Um, It was the same sometimes in business, looking at this business coach or that one and being like, can you just tell me what to do? Can you tell me how to do it? Like, how do I do it? It's so much less energy than deciding for myself, but then you end up not picking the life you want to live. And I realized that kind of, yes, 28, end of 2018 into 2019 that I needed to get back to carving my own path. When I left the DA's office, I was still struggling with adrenal fatigue and other health issues. So I now understand looking back why I was looking for those easier shortcuts. Like, please just tell me because I didn't have the energy and the bandwidth to make those decisions for myself. As I then started narrowing down, like, what do I really want? How do I want to lean in to doing work that I love and enjoy, talking to clients that I love and enjoy. What do I like? What do I miss? And what do I want my days to look like? Truly, what do I want my days to look like? And then I started narrowing down the focus. I started working with uh, the incredible Chris Ducker. We were speaking at a conference together, I believe in 2018 is when we spoke at a conference together. I spoke before uh, he did. He made jokes in his talk about Pokemon Go. I made jokes in my talk about Pokemon Go. I think I made jokes about Pokemon Go in my TED Talk. I've loved Pokemon Go since like two days after it was released. I'm still a nerd. I still play Pokemon Go. I love it. It just is. But Pokemon Go came out as I was recovering from back surgery when all I could do was get out and walk. And it gave me some sense of gamifying the fact that I all I could do was like put on my back brace and go out and walk. So I was like, all right, you're making jokes about Pokemon Go. What level are you at? And he pulled out his phone and was like, level 30. In my brain, he said, level 30, motherfucker. That's how I remember it. I don't know if that happened exactly that way. I don't know what Chris would say. He might've just been like, boom, level 40, whatever. So during that conference, we ended up going out for a walk and playing Pokemon and getting to know each other, talking about like, what are you doing with your business? I'm like, truthfully, right now where we're at, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I miss. I know that when I'm not on YouTube, I feel like I'm missing out. When I am on YouTube, I feel like I'm just dicking around and I should be actually like working on my business. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people have been like, well, don't mess around with YouTube. YouTube's not your business. And so I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, man. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing for the next year. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And so we started working together and it was around the same time that Sean Cannell and I met. He's over at Think Media, has a great book on YouTube, YouTube Secrets, that he released with Benji Travis. They have become good friends. We got to meet at a conference, uh, one of Shalene Johnson's conferences in 
2018 and have a conversation about YouTube. And he's like, so what do you want with YouTube? I'm like, I just want to do more YouTube, but I don't know how to integrate it into what I'm doing. At the time, YouTube for me was tech and lifestyle and occasional unboxings and talking about my back surgery and talking about the planners I was using. And you're like, Emily, what? Yeah, don't worry. You can't find those. <laughs> the back surgery ones are still there. But um, my YouTube channel was just looking for community. I'd started posting videos in 2015 about tech when I was dealing with health issues. And I loved the tech community. I couldn't talk about law because I was a DA and I was recovering uh, from health issues. And I didn't want to cause any problems with work. And so I talked about the other stuff I knew and liked. I started streaming um, over on Easy Computer Solutions and streaming with just incredible creators who I still am very thankful to call friends, um, including Gadget Goddess and Tech Valor. And those were great days. That was kind of my intro into streaming was being on those tech panels, being the iPhone loyalist, fangirl, diehard um, that I was on the panels where people are talking about all the different Android devices and stuff. And I'm like, iPhone or die. <laughs> I have nothing valuable to add other than that. And occasionally talking about the platform and things going on on the platform and giving a legal perspective on that. So I loved YouTube, but I was doing this very business-like consulting and wasn't sure how to integrate the two. At the same time, I was getting asked a lot of the same things over and over. And I was like, look, I could teach more about how to run business well through lawsuits that are going on, talk about lawsuits, and help people understand how to really get their business shit legit. You see where this is going. At that same time, when Chris Ducker and I were working together, and if you are a business owner, if you are a personal brand and you don't follow Chris everywhere, go follow Chris Ducker. He's he wrote Youpreneur. It's a fantastic book. He has others. Youpreneur is great for figuring out how to really be you. And that's really what our working together was. It was, how do you continue to show up as you in business? Not you and all these little boxes of how you think you should be, but you. And we started peeling back the layers of what that even meant for me. And that's where we got to the Get Legit Law and Shit podcast. Um, being get legit launch it because it was really geared towards a business owner who wanted to learn about what they needed in their business, but also wanted to talk about, you know, wanted to talk about the cases of the day because that's the way I like to give a breakdown of things is through example. So the first two episodes, other than the welcome to the get legit episode, the first two episodes were about the LuLaRoe lawsuits. And then it was California's AB5 and how that is going to impact content creators. And then more about AB5 and independent contractor law. Can Taylor Swift even sing her own music? Um, and then episodes about being a district attorney, starting a business, um, YouTube and Google getting fined $170 million with regard to COPA. No, the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act, not the cabana. But I made that joke then, and I'm going to make that joke now. My first December episodes was about Santa's sack trademarks. Emily, we see some things that are consistent throughout your content. Yes. <laughs> if only Manscaped was a sponsor back when we were talking about Santa's sack. If only. But no. But no. But maybe it's time to revisit those cases and see if there's any more of them. I'm making a note. So that's where we were in 2019 launching this podcast. 
Why did it take me till November to launch a podcast? Isn't launching shit at the very end of the year a terrible idea? Probably. But I had been teased in elementary school and junior high and some in high school about my voice. The ADHD fear procrastination of putting up a podcast was so real that I dragged my feet for like a year starting the podcast, like almost a full year. And I was on stage um, at Chris Ducker's Upreneur talking about it. And he's like, have we picked a name and a launch date for the podcast? I'm like, uh-huh. Get legit launch it. We're launching in November. He's like, okay. I'm like, okay, it's happening. Just we're gonna, we're gonna do it. And he's like, all right, get it done. Like you've been talking about this for a year. Do it. I was scared. Um, I had a much smaller online presence. As a DA, my online presence was virtually zero. I had a much smaller online presence. And I knew that trying to get into the podcast was going to open up my online presence in a bigger way. That's something intimidating to do at any stage of life, I think, especially after so many years not being online and still not sure exactly what online was going to look like for me. Online is not always easy. And sometimes there are folks that manage to like pick the exact same things that the mean kids say and say them in your comments section. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad I, I've been in therapy and continue to be in therapy because dealing with the negative side of online and, and knowing that that can happen as you step into this space and choosing it, it feels a little wild. You're like, okay, I'm choosing this. I don't know how this door is going to lead. I don't know where this path is going to go, but I'm going to open the door and I'm going to walk through it. And I'm just going to trust that there's going to be more good than bad. And we're just going to do it. And I trust that. Let's just go. Let's just go. I never would have thought that what I started really when I left the DA's office in 2017 and then really put into something that I've done consistently in 2019 would turn into what it is today. And I am so fucking thankful that it did. I'm so thankful for the ups and downs and all arounds of this adventure. I'm so thankful that when uh, my friend Warren and I were talking later in uh, 2019, no, it was 2020. No, it was the end of 2019. It must have been the end of 2019. Because No, no, it was 2020. It was like November, <laughs> it was like September 2020. Emily, did you sit down and write this story out before you started recording it? No. <laughs> we pulled up the podcast to talk about it. In 2020, um, I was at a conference in September 2020, and I hadn't been at the in-person one earlier in 2020 because not only was my family moving, but I really didn't want to be in person much earlier in 2020. It just, mm-mm, mm-mm, like, May-ish 2020, Nope. June-ish 2020. Nope. Just nope. Don't. Nope. 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 So September 2020, even then I was nervous, but I trusted everybody that I was going to be around and was like, look, we're doing it. And that's when I got to meet in person with Warren, who you'll regularly see on, on the YouTubes and all around as Octonation. And we were having a conversation about the same things kind of Chris Ducker and I had been having conversations about. What do you want your days to look like? What do you want your business to look like? But by that point, by September 2020, I had already had a pause. And I paused when everyone else paused 
in March 2020, when the entire freaking world shut down because of COVID. By September 2020, my husband had already closed a business. By September 2020, we had already moved to Tennessee. And I had some space and distance to really start asking those questions. And that pause in 2020 kind of recalibrated for me again what I said in my TED Talk that I want to choose my life and not the other way around. I don't want to choose how I make money. I want to choose my life and I want everything else to fit into it. And it recalibrated that for me in a big way. And so sitting down and saying, well, what do you enjoy talking about? I'm like, by September 2020, my podcast had become my favorite thing that I was doing. I loved it. I was covering more pop culture stories. I was covering things that felt meaningful. I was covering things that I felt like I could break down well, given my experience. I was talking about just the Paycheck Protection Program, things that were helping entrepreneurs, but I really loved the pop culture stuff. Um, And so I was starting to lean into all of those pop culture stories and enjoyed them tremendously. And so in September, he was like, so why aren't we just a content creator. I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. He's like, and why aren't you a content creator? You want to be a content creator. Take the podcast, add more things, put it on YouTube, and you can live stream it. Because I was like, "Uh, I want to be able to pull up documents. I don't want to edit like all the no's, right? Well, what about this? And what about that? And he's like, just push go and go. And literally made me sit down and do a live stream that evening because as we were having this conversation, Kanye West was leaking his music industry recording contracts all over the internet and then pissing on his Grammy. And I was like, these contracts are wild. The fact that these are on the internet is wild. All of this is wild. We have to talk about this is wild. This is wild. All of this is wild and legal. Wild and legal. Wild pop culture and legal. And so I sat down and did an Instagram live. He's like, we're putting this on YouTube. I'm like, we can't put a vertical Instagram live on YouTube. Are you crazy? And he's like, no, that's what we're doing. I'm like, okay. He's like, I thought we were, we had gone to therapy and we're working on our perfectionist tendencies, Emily. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we are, sure. We totally are. Put it on YouTube, fine. And then started streaming more and more content and really started narrowing down to just pop culture cases because I loved it. And I loved talking about it. And I loved watching the podcast grow and the YouTube channel grow. And then, I mean, that the YouTube channel at that point was still under 5,000 subscribers and the podcast was doing really well. I started covering a YouTube-specific lawsuit, the Toddy Westbrook lawsuits that YouTube was interested in. And then my YouTube channel just exploded with interest because people were looking for the legal side of pop culture because a lot of legal commentators truly act and feel like pop culture is beneath them. Pop culture is the thread that binds us all together, but that's fine. Plenty of legal commentators want to talk about politics and want to talk about the harder news, heavier topics. Fine. There are plenty of them. What there aren't a lot of commentators talking about is the Real Housewives, Britney Spears' conservatorship, the Real Housewives, (laughs) you know, the, the... the YouTubers getting sued and all of the rest of it. They're not talking about the pop culture side of law, but those are the stories where y'all want to understand the law. And those are the stories I love to talk about because I am a pop culture fan. I don't find it to be frivolous. I find it to be our escape. And when we watch things like 
Housewives or our other reality TV. And then there's all these things happening real world. We want to understand the implications, especially in a TV show like Housewives where the other women are like, well, I'm reading this in the LA Times. Well, what about this? I can in real time break that down in law, not just enjoy what I'm doing, but enjoy the community that I'm building. And that's what I leaned into at the end of 2020 after my channel really started to grow covering Toddy Westbrook and her business partner's lawsuit. It's a deeply legal lawsuit with whether there was a share, a derivative demand and then getting into what jurisdiction and venue that lawsuit needs to be in. There is a lot of really interesting legal stuff going on in that lawsuit, but it's also dealing with, at the time, one of the biggest influencers on the platform in a community that had been rocked with scandal in the, the beauty world um, in 2019, 2018, with, you know, Dramageddon and Dramageddon 2 and Carmageddon and Bye Sister and My Truth and Breaking My Silence and, and all of the rest of it, it was fascinating. And that's what I enjoyed talking about the most. And I found so many of you who were like, girl, we ride. Let's talk about these lawsuits. Let's talk about the filings as they happen. And then as we get into you know, 2022, there are streaming trials that are happening that are in the pop culture space. And that took the channel from 200,000 to over 670,000. It took the podcast, though the podcast had had many weeks of number one in entertainment news and um, top 50 in traditional news in six countries, sometimes 12 countries, sometimes 15 countries, um, sometimes more. It really shuttled the podcast into the charts worldwide as people started following Depp v. Heard. And yes, the channel had had spikes of growth before that, but nothing like that trial. And getting to stream every single day with all of you during that trial was an incredible experience because that kind of coalesced how important the law nerd community is. And all of it started with this podcast, building in that integrity the idea that we can have different opinions, different backgrounds, different different perspectives and have respectful conversation about it is something that's very alive and well in our real lives or should be, but isn't alive and well right now in most places on the internet. And it was such a stark contrast between how we do things on our live streams, how our community engages, how much everyone adheres to the, you know, don't be a dick taste your words before you spit them out at someone. We can have conversations, we can disagree, and we can also do it with respect and with decorum and with dignity. And, and we can adhere to values of treating one another as humans and really truly treating one another with dignity in our, in our interactions and conversations and supporting one another in that compassionate community. And it's hard sometimes to not name call Britney Spears' dad. There's times I want to, you want to, we all want to. But if we start saying, well, it's okay with this one person, it can lead down that dehumanizing path that I really don't, don't want to see happen in our community. Because once you're like, well, it's okay to dehumanize like this person, it's real easy to slippery slope it right on down to, to others. So when... I was covering Depp Be Heard every single day. I started seeing the contrast because so many people that weren't familiar with our community came in and commented either like, why are there rules here? Fuck this shit, I'm out, bye. Or saying, oh my God, the chats around the internet are 
so abhorrent. They're they're horrifying the things people are saying in these chats. Thank you for having a space where we can watch this trial and and have conversations about difficult things and not feel attacked, not feel alone, not feel like the people who are going through this trial are being attacked. And that that community means absolutely everything because that community gives us a place to process the things that we're watching in the the stories that we care about with compassion. And that's lost or mocked in a lot of places on the internet. And we don't as law nerds. And creating a space for so many of you to come together and so many of you who are survivors to come together and say, I feel like I can be with my people when I'm watching this trial and feel supported was absolutely incredibly and I in, incredibly special to me. And I saw it even more with the Daryl Brooks trial when I saw the vitriol in other chats where this was streaming on YouTube, where people were like, I can't, this is a safe space to watch this trial together and process through it together. And a lot of those uh, from the the impacted community in Waukesha coming into the chat saying, thank you for really holding a safe space for us to be in community and watch this together and kind of process the grief of what happened in that parade massacre together as we're watching this trial. And though it wasn't a pop culture case, holding community space to cover that case and talk through what a pro per defendant is like in a case like this is why I started covering certain parts of that trial, though not all of it. And I think there's a lot of room for that as we continue to grow on what live cases we're going to be covering because it really is going to be pop culture and trial coverage and what trials we choose to cover as a community and what trials um, we pass on as a community. But the community aspect of it is a huge part of it for me and for you, I think, as giving the live commentary over it, which I enjoy because you never know what's going to happen in court. And I get to do it from my own house. I don't have to drive to a courthouse and be in a crowded elevator and be late and have a judge being like, Miss Baker, lost time. I'm like, yes, your honor is never found. Like all the time, all the time. I, I am late. I'm late to my own streams. I'm late to literally everything. Um, the, the fact that I have not, the fact that I have not missed a flight by being late is is unprecedented, but it also causes me tremendous anxiety, but we're knocking on one. So it's been it's been just an absolute joy. Our podcast now named The Emily Show because Get Legit Law and Shit didn't fit as I transitioned away from really teaching business owners how to get their businesses legit and shit. Um, it felt like a really good transition, even though the name was kind of a joke because my mother used to say, this isn't The Emily Show. And um, there were definitely times growing up where it wasn't. <laughs> But now it is. So, and it just felt right. I'm like, what else am I going to call this? The YouTube channel's Emily D. Baker. The commentary is just me. And the Emily Show really is just the Emily Show podcast. And there's a lot of different things that we talk about, all related to legal, you know, legal commentary, legal analysis. The fact that I've been on, you know, traditional, most traditional news outlets at this point on both traditional TV documentaries, streaming, uh, giving quotes to, to media outlets to break down these cases, profiled in the LA Times. None of this would have happened if I hadn't started the podcast, and none of that would have happened 
if I hadn't had people in my corner saying, you have to just go. It's time to go. It's time to go. There will be negative parts of it, but if you're afraid, you're never going to just go and it's time and it's okay. And it's okay to want something that you don't even know what it looks like yet because you're creating it as you go. It's okay to just want to talk about the things that you enjoy with a community of people who also enjoy them and turn that into your full-time living. It's okay. Do it. Let's do it. We're we're going. What's the worst thing that can happen? Right? And um it's been it's been a blessing. It's been incredible. Meeting so many of you has been incredible. And this podcast has been incredible. And the milestones it's hit have I the fact that the podcast is almost at 2 million downloads blows me away. It has millions on YouTube. But knowing that there's an audio-only space, and this episode's being released just audio-only, but knowing there's an audio-only space where I don't have to pull words because it's going to get censored on YouTube, where we can still talk about things that we might not be able to cover in the future on YouTube is great. It's great. And I will never give up doing this on the audio platforms because truly they don't limit the podcast the way some topics get limited. The Glenn Maxwell, Prince Andrew stuff, YouTube was like, who do you think you are talking about this shit? Absolutely not. I can talk about it on the podcast though. And I imagine as we get into 2023, that's going, there will be cases where that will still happen. And then I can choose to put them just in the members only spaces and just on the audio and not put them up on video. And I can do that because of the strength of this podcast and because of the strength of this community. And I appreciate you. I am blown away by what we've created in three years. That's It feels like no time at all. I still remember Halloween 2020, celebrating the podcast, or not the podcast, celebrating the YouTube channel hitting 5,000 subscribers and how stoked I was that we had hit 5,000. And then days later, hitting 10,000. Um, and then in May, um, my birthday month, in May 2021, we hit 100,000. And at that point, the podcast was booming and has continued to do so. And by you know, by May 2022, hitting 200,000, which I never thought we would double um, in a year, and now being over 600,000, I have no idea when we'll hit 750. I have no idea when we'll hit a million, but I know that we will. And that's unbelievable to me. I know that the podcast will continue to dominate in its categories and continue to hold its own in the news category. There is no legal category in podcasting apps, but we kick ass in the news category and are one of, if not the only, one of very, very few independent podcasts to do it. This podcast is independent. It's run by me and my team. We are not signed with a network that promotes us or advertises us. Yes, we do have sponsors, but they are independent. We are not with, you know, iHeartRadio or Spotify or whoever. This has been built by myself, my editor, Dan, and my incredible team that's come on since then um, for this incredible journey of creating content and breaking down the law for y'all. And I am thankful that this is what I get to do every day and thankful that y'all want to have these conversations too, because it makes me not feel so alone in having these wild conversations about pop culture and law. And hopefully the community that we've built helps you not feel so alone when talking about the stuff you love and want to nerd out about when everyone that you know in your real life is like, what? 
<laughs> because don't we get that response when people are like, why do you just want to talk about what's going on with Erica Girardi? It's like, because it's fucking crazy. Did you see that last bar report? We're getting back to that next week, by the way. Did you see that last bar report? And the people that are in your immediate life are like, oh my God, reality TV is such trash. It's like, that might be true, but it's fascinating and I'm learning things. And I'm so thankful. I'm just so thankful I get to do it with y'all. So here's the three years of the podcast. I can't wait to see. We'll probably have to write down some actual milestones for four years and for five years, like other than the fact that we are just at almost 2 million downloads, the fact that we're 170 plus episodes in. But I thought going back and looking at not just the origin story, but a lot of you found me uh, well after the podcast changed its name from Get Legit to The Emily Show and why. And the content changed a little bit too because there was pop culture mixed in with traditional news. And we really leaned in and I leaned in and our community leaned into the pop culture truly because it's what I like talking about best. And it's what allows our community to learn about the law without the push-pull of some of the, well, the politics and the values that go along with a lot of other stuff and a lot of other coverage. And it was a need because there aren't a lot of people who want to cover it. And I want to cover nothing but it. So might as well just lean into what we love the most. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for being here. Thank you for being a Lawnard. If you want to join our members-only community, you are welcome to come continue the conversation. It's just a few dollars a month at lawnardsunite.com. You can join us in the members-only spaces. And in fact, we had a members-only uh, behind-the-scenes recording of this with a Q&A. And so I'm going to go look at some of our questions there and answer just a few of them before we leave. Was I wrapping up? Maybe. 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 Uh, Barney Cat asked, biggest surprise you found being a content creator? I am constantly overwhelmed by the support this community offers to each other. And, and even when we do like charity streams and things like that, the amount of support in this community and the diversity in this community, you never know who's watching. You never know who's there. And y'all reach out to me with some of the most incredible stories of, of triumph, of overcoming, of reinvigorated passions, of wanting to follow a career path you thought wasn't for you, of figuring out your ADHD because you've watched my ADHD ass like wild out on YouTube and you're like, oh my God, that's me. Maybe I should ask someone if I have ADHD. I didn't expect, I didn't expect all of that and I am thankful for it. I love it. I, I really, really, truly love it. So I am, um, I'm just blown away by it. Um, I also, you when I say you never know who's watching, especially during Debt V. Heard, just because we had hundreds of thousands of people on stream every day, the DMs I would get from traditional um, traditional kind of celebrity and stuff, I, I was kind of torn, just blown away by like, wait, you're watching my coverage? Like, stop it, you're making me nervous. Um, the, the first day I saw iJustine pop into the chat during that trial, I almost fell out of my fucking chair. I was like, I've watched your YouTube channel. You're one of the reasons I started a YouTube channel. I'm going to fall over and die. Like, you can stop super chatting me. I can't handle it. <laughs> like, like, I just, I just, oh, the audio, the audio. This is an audio only. I pulled out my fan. I pulled it here. We're good. Ah, I dropped my fan, but you know. Now you can know that I pulled out my fan. I thought I was going to fall out of my chair. Um, getting to connect with, you know, Christine over at Simply Neological, other, not just content creators that I respect, but um, 
other other kind of more traditional celebrities that I never would have thought were watching. I'm like, you never know who's watching. I was shocked. I was shocked, and I'm still shocked. Um, T.S. Lizard Wizard, if you could give past Emily advice when she first started the podcast, what would you say? I would say, don't be afraid to lean into the stories that you want to cover. You don't have to cover traditional news if you don't want to. Plenty of people do that, and the world's heavy enough as it is. It's okay to just lean in. Um, though I was trying to make the podcast educational for business owners and some of the traditional news they needed. So I understand why I did it, but I think I would lean heavier into just what I liked sooner. Um, and I would have started sooner. I would have said, you know what? Uh, the, the shit that you're telling yourself in your head is really not it. More therapy if we're afraid. And sometimes you just have to do it scared. Just do it scared because it's great. And here's the thing about content. If truly, if I didn't like doing the podcast, I could have just stopped. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? If you hate it, just stop doing it. I, I just, I was so nervous um, and, and much more nervous than I should have been. So Tiffany Leeson asked, how long did it take to start getting traction on listeners? Was there a certain topic that catapulted it? I think we talked a lot about topics that catapulted it, especially on YouTube, but there was already an audience that was following me for the business stuff. So particularly when we got into early 2020, there was a lot going on with California with um, independent contractors. And those topics really helped a, a larger audience find me to talk about stuff very specific to online business owners. And in early March, early COVID, um, with the Paycheck Protection Program and stuff, there was a lot of conversations about that as it pertains to business owners. And so those topics, I think, really helped the podcast be needed and helpful um, during that time. Carla uh, Barrick said, I've been with you since summer 2020. Rachel Hollis, Tati, and Kanye. Was it the Tati case that made uh, you a believer in uh, as to your career direction to include the podcast? It Seeing the growth in pop culture, particularly with like YouTube platform culture, gave me the confidence to say, I just really... I just want to do pop culture and make that transition into just covering pop culture stories and then stuff that relates to the platforms specifically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So let's see. Um, Kristen said, I found you on Bigger Pockets podcast years ago. I loved hearing about your transformation and I'm so glad you did. Emily, time is my favorite time. Thank you, Kristen Ayers. I appreciate it. Kathy at Oz said, five years ago, did you ever think um, you will be at BravoCon meeting the celebs. Never, never in my wildest. This this entire year has felt kind of like a surreal blur. And it's been incredible. At some point, we'll have to look back on it again. And in the year in review, I'll probably look a little bit back on some of the like personal milestones year in review because I haven't had a lot of time to decompress it because I've been so busy. But I never would have thought. And I never would have thought that I'd be talking to Real Housewives and people would be coming up being like, oh my God, you're Emily. <laughs> like, I'm stand They're actually celebrities standing next to me. You know this, right? Um, meeting the amount of law nerds that I got to meet at BravoCon was literally life-affirming. Uh, literally, literally life-affirming. So a meteorologist D. Cortez said, how long did it take the podcast downloads to pass a thousand? I would have to really go back and dig into the analytics um, we had pretty strong download numbers 
from the beginning. It did not take us that long to reach a thousand downloads on the podcast. Um, but topically that helped. The AB5 going on in California really helped because there was a lot of topical interest. And same with the LuLaRoe lawsuits. It was really fun to talk about those. And there was a lot of topical interest. Um, uh, Kaylin Ann said, I've learned so much from this podcast that my friends call me, quote, the internet trained lawyer, jokingly. I just want you to know how much I appreciate you sharing your knowledge. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, it's just, it's just been wild. So thank you very much. And then Hedgehog in Space asked, what is the goal for year four? Um, what is the goal for year four of the podcast? I would love to double our downloads for year four in the podcast. I would love to be able to market and push the podcast a little bit more. The poor podcast has been chugging along as the like, now the the second child to the YouTube trajectory and and rocket ship that we've been on, but it deserves a little bit more love. So a little bit more attention to gain the podcast, the respect that it deserves um, and its stature and consider whether keeping it in entertainment news and news is the right place for it, things like that. So it's some strategy and then keep it on talking about what we're talking about and, and let it keep growing. Um, from Stripes and Naps, the last question is, any parting words of advice for people thinking about taking that leap of faith into something new? Um, I have had ups and downs and struggles with every something new I've started, and it has always been worth it. It has always been a net positive. I think there's planning and then there's procrastinating. When I left the DA's office, planning was needed. Um, I could not just walk in and quit my job. I had to figure out what I was doing about student loans and health insurance and all the rest of it. I had to make plans before I could make that decision to make sure it practically would work and responsibly would work. Um, but if I had put it off any longer, I think I would have been straight up procrastinating. So take the make the plans you need to make and then make the change you need to make. And there was a little part of me that, looked at my husband and was like, look, if all else fails, I will just find another job. Like if I need to go back to traditional work, I have a law license. There are people who have offered me jobs all the time. I can go find a job. Like I also had a, what is the plan A? What is the plan B? And what does plan A look like? Like, what do I need to make this look like so that I'm not jeopardizing like my family's financial security? And that's really what it was. But also I realized that my family was fine um, when we looked at our budgeting and looked at what we could do and wanted to do, we were going to be okay. And I was blessed to have that opportunity be, at the time because of my husband's job. What got real, real weird for us real fast is that, um, and most of you guys know my husband is retired, but my husband had a career-altering injury in May of 2017, right after I left the DA's office in February. 2017. So I left in February, like, I'm going to start something new. We're going to start a new job. We're going to start a new thing. We're going to figure out what it is. We're going to recover from multiple back surgeries and adrenal fatigue and being sick. And we're going to, we're going to heal and we're going to do something new. That was February, 2017. May, 2017, my husband, um, we were coming back from a vacation and he had a break in his wrist that then impacted his elbow that caused nerve damage in his hand. And we got back from vacation. That happened that night. Um, we went to the orthopedic surgeon together the next day. And the orthopedic surgeon is like, I suspect that it's this, and this is going to be a very long road if you can ever practice again. And that was the beginning 
of a very long journey for us and our family. Um, And because we had done some of those planning steps, we still made it work, even with a very, very unexpected shift in my husband's world right after I had made an unexpected, well, a little bit of a plan shift in my work world. And that is probably a story for another day if y'all are interested. So thank you all for the questions. Thank you again for being here and being Lawnards. Now we really are going to wrap it up. And if that story is of interest to you, let me know um, in the member spaces. Let me know in the comments. Let me know on social media. And thank you for celebrating this podcast with me. Thank you for celebrating all of the shifts. Thank you for celebrating just taking the trusting yourself and getting to live the life that you want to live. Those can be small steps. That can be doing a Sunday reset. That can be having coffee by yourself every morning. It doesn't have to be yeeting your career and striking out on the internet. There are small steps to getting to live your life the way you want. And I hope that you do. And I hope that you share it with me. Thank you for sharing this journey. And I just, I can't wait to see what the next year of this podcast brings. So thank you. All right. It's time to go. It's time to go. It's time to say goodbye. Really, truly. (laughs) 